Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, March the 12th. We are a bunch of fans, artists, creators, and critics from the Midwest talking entertainment and pop culture, taking your comments and whatever. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, we've got... We didn't practice. There we go. (laughs) Good enough. We got everybody in. One of these days, days we'll get good at getting that shit down. But anyway, uh, until then, I want to thank my my co-host for being here, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast uh, whenever and wherever you're catching us down the road from now. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to tell you which films in our favorite 90s movie March Madness tournament are moving to the final four. We got some, uh, I don't want to call them upsets, but we got some lower picks that are moving on, as well as a couple of higher picks. And we've got... uh, a discussion for you about the movies that we feel like either could or maybe should have their own TV series. You know, kind of coming out of The Mandalorian, WandaVision, we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out. You know, we've got films that have been turned into television franchises. Uh, we're going to give you our thoughts on what films we think could carry their own television show as well. We've got all that plus what's new and newsworthy in entertainment and pop culture and a whole lot more. But before we get to all of that, how's everybody doing? I know it's been a it's been a week for everybody, it seems like, but how's everybody hanging in there? Did anybody get caught in the fucking blizzard today after it was 72 days ago? <laughs> yeah. No, I was lucky not to. It was I fucking no white out conditions. <laughs> yeah, it was nasty today. Someone messaged me, they were like so I heard it snowed. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I looked outside. And I'm like, I don't see anything. Then I looked at my car. I'm like, oh, I guess it did. Yeah, <laughs> it was strange watching that shit coming down earlier today. So what's everybody yeah, been up to? Go ahead, Kenny. Oh, no, that's what we were laughing because, you know, wearing a T-shirt in the morning. Then I had to grab uh, something because it was raining. You know, then I had yep. to upgrade to a heavier coat by the end of the evening i was like okay welcome to missouri yeah oh, shit. <laughs> well let's uh let's talk about the the four hour long elephant in the room uh, so <laughs> we had so we had uh we had a special invitation on monday evening to the live virtual premiere of the snyder cut Zack snyder's justice league um so then on Monday, uh, Microsoft's uh, Azure web services just shit the bed and shut down completely. So we had a, a watch party going because, you know, we're going to share the love if we get some cool shit like that. So we had a few people sitting in a, a room, a virtual online room, waiting for a watch party to start. It was supposed to start at what, five o'clock, I think, our time. At about 5.15, uh, Warner Brothers sent an email saying, yeah, Microsoft's having issues. We'll, we'll, we'll get this fixed. For, as soon as this is fixed, we're going to get this movie going. So we're like, all right, cool. And we stuck around till about 7. It was like, guys, we're just going to call it. It's not happening. Uh, and then sometime in the late overnight, wee hours of the morning, uh, another other emails were sent like, we're sorry. <laughs> and then eventually they did send a link to a screener. So of... 
of all of that and with everything going on. And I, and I posted that and there were some issues getting stuff logged in. I think they were still having some issues with some of the, the Microsoft based platforms they were hosting some stuff on. But out of all of that, I did get a chance to see the Snyder cut, um, a day or two early, but now it's it's out. Now everybody's had a chance to, in theory, watch it if they wanted to. Has anybody else seen it besides me at this point? Not yet. No, nope. okay. not yet. Is anybody um, here going to see it at this point? I I I might watch it this weekend. I have okay. Saturday off, so I'm curious, but I'd have to block out not only the four hour <laughs> version, but I haven't watched the Whedon version yet. So you're yeah, looking at so at much. least a six hour. <laughs> right. And that's not something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> like like a quarter of your day is spent watching Justice League. Yeah. How about you, Kenny? Yeah. What are your thoughts at this point? Are you interested? Are you curious? Are you going to try to catch it at some well, point? Or Yeah, I wanted to catch it and I wanted to do the early thing, but I learned an important lesson of you've got to put everything perfect in that password because you didn't get a second chance. So Yeah, Kenny kind of screwed it for everybody. (laughs) No, just just for Kenny. This for me. And I don't have HBO Max, so I will I will never get to watch it, but Oh you'll oh you'll get get to if if you want to watch it, we'll make sure you've got a chance to see it. Don't worry about that. I do. I I want to watch it. I I'm one of the few people that enjoyed the regular one. So I I'm not I mean, I love comics and I love this and that and I love, you know, everything, but I'm not so hung up on I don't need an exact story or I don't need it to be, I just want to be entertained and that everybody knows that about me. So right. if it can somewhat keep my attention, I'm good. Well, I, I did see it um, and I will give my thoughts and I will not spoil anything. So if you're listening right now, like that motherfucker's going to spoil it. Dude, if you watched the 2017 theatrical film, you're already spoiled. It's not much different. I was going to say, it's the same movie, but longer. Pretty much, right. yeah. So I was I I was uh, in our in our chat that we have during the week as we're preparing for the show. I think Curtis might have asked somebody asked you know what I thought, and uh, so yeah. I, was, I started typing, and I'm still typing. And like ten minutes later, I'm still typing. Like hey, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to type a novel, uh, but I did write out some notes. <laughs> it's a whole sheet of paper of uh, what I thought about this thing. So again, no spoilers if you're worried about spoilers. But uh, I'll tell you my thoughts on this movie. And at any point, if you guys have a question or want clarification on something feel free to jump in because that's what we do here we, we discuss things we don't just uh, read notes but I'm going to start by reading my <laughs> notes <laughs> so here's the deal uh, again most of the 2017 theatrical release of Justice League the Joss Whedon cut um, came from the Snyder cut if you've seen the theatrical release there's not I mean, there's when you're watching this, when you're watching the Snyder Cut, you're like, wow, that's like 95% of the movie that they put together in 2017 came from this footage. Um, so that's there. It doesn't look like Joss Whedon filmed a whole lot of extra stuff. There are a few notable sequences and scenes, and they'll jump out at you as you're watching it. You're like, oh, well, they didn't. Joss, and again, we can only assume because nobody really knows exactly who did what, but we can assume a few things that Joss Whedon did film that are not because they're not in the Snyder Cut. Um, and some of that is for the better. Some of it's, you know, some of, there was some stuff that was not in the Snyder Cut that I, I caught myself thinking back, like, I wonder when they're going to have this scene. Oh, 
that must have been a Joss Whedon scene because it didn't make the Snyder cut. And some of those are like where it felt like he was like, okay, I've cut this thing down to two hours. So I've got to shoot something that will stand for something else that I've cut, but in a condensed way. And there's some stuff it's like, I'm not sure exactly what they were going for there, but okay, that's, that was, that was a choice that, Joss in the studio made um, but there's some stuff there are a couple of scenes you're like oh that's too bad that that wasn't in there because apparently that was a, a Joss Whedon thing um, but Joss did edit the fuck out of that movie um, the 2017 movie for all of its pros and cons it feels like a like it's edited together like a movie should be it makes logical sense from start to finish um and there's not a whole lot of fat in that movie. There are some things that probably still could have been cut, um, but it was pretty, pretty trimmed down. Um, but with that, because it was just like a two hour long theatrical movie and this, the Snyder cut, this version of the Snyder cuts, a four hour film. He says there's longer cuts of that. He's got out there that he's not released. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the stuff, a lot of the stuff, there was a lot of characters whose stories were, quite it were chopped quite a bit um in this order the way i noticed it uh, certainly cyborg um i can see why ray fisher was upset about the movie i mean that's independent of other allegations and other things but a lot of the story the the snyder cut is a cyborg movie basically whereas the theatrical version wasn't so much a, a cyborg movie it takes a while to become a cyborg movie because it's a four-hour movie he takes his sweet ass time to get there but there's a whole lot of cyborg that has been trimmed out of the theatrical film that's put back in for the snyder cut his his story was the one that was cut the most the heaviest um followed probably by steppenwolf the villain um there's a lot of shit there's a lot of scenes of of steppenwolf's in this in the Snyder cut that was not in the, uh, the theatrical release for better or for worse. Again, some of it is like, okay, well, yeah, I can see why you cut it because you're, it's kind of redundant. It's like, how many scenes do you need saying the same fucking thing? But, but it's story. It's screen time, I guess, if nothing else. Um, and the last one would probably be the flash. There's a little bit more meat to the Flash's story in, in the Snyder cut as well. Um, so that's kind of what I noticed right away. The Snyder cut, is a Zack Snyder movie, which means the things you would expect to see, and you can probably rattle them off the top of your head. If, if I told you it's a Zack Snyder movie, what's something you would expect to see in a, in a Zack Snyder film? Something falling down in slow motion and hitting the ground, and then, oh, the action picks back up. There's a whole lot of like mid action shit slows down and you're it, and sometimes it's like like if it's Wonder Woman for example and there's like a bullet flying through the air it makes sense that it slows down and she kind of sees it and blocks it with her with her you know fucking bracelet or whatever or if it's the Flash it really makes sense that time would slow down and he's observing things moving really slow but then there's other times where it's like he go he speeds it up for no apparent reason <laughs> it's like look how fast this is going look how slow this is going but it doesn't make sense always i mean sometimes it does sometimes you're like okay well that's why you would slow it down but sometimes it makes no sense why that shot had to be slowed down when everything around it didn't necessarily so that's that's one thing of, of a, you would expect from a Zack snyder film that certainly exists in the snyder cut what might be another thing you might think of from a Zack snyder film you want me to say it go ahead i got another one go ahead um 
shots from below of Wonder Woman? Uh, he does like to eye fuck <laughs> the women in the film with the camera. Yes, um, the Amazons. The Amazons do not look like the Amazons from any of the Wonder Woman film directed by Patty Jenkins, a woman herself. Um, yes, the, the apparently they wear full body coverings when a woman's a director, or at least covers the midriff. And you know, in this, it's yes, it's very much the the leather leather bikinis and stuff. Um, a couple others I'll throw out there. Um, poorly lit <laughs> it might be one thing that you might say about Zack snyder's films yeah. um he tends to forget that a camera captures light um not necessarily performance uh, so you do have to light your scenes uh th- there are shots that are pretty poorly lit some people say it's to hide the special effects you don't notice bad special effects as much in the dark as you do if it's a well-lit scene <laughs> <laughs> just saying that's that's an excuse i've heard um, I mean, just darken it yeah his exactly. daughter the dead remake had the same problem and there weren't as many special effects yeah in that, that was a lot more practical effects but it's kind of something he's known for um filters and color correction kind of being a little mm-hmm. off at times uh that's certainly in this as well um and then of course uh, the melancholy music for no real clear reason. I mean, when somebody's walking, they don't have to be playing the saddest fucking song you can find. Um, they did save Hallelujah till the end credits, so it's not like just in the middle of the scene. But um, why did, sh- why did sh- he use that song again? Uh, he used it again, from what I understand. Was it another sex scene? No, no, which would make sense because that's the song. But no, this is like the very last song in the credits. And the credits on this thing are long. You know, there's ten minutes of credits because it's a four-hour fucking movie. A lot of people worked on this. Um, but apparently, the what I understand from the the interviews and stuff I've read is that was his daughter who committed suicide, and the reason he dropped out of the film that was her favorite song. Which I mean you know whatever so he used it at the end of this movie and then the last frame is like for autumn i guess her name was autumn so he's kind of like i finished this movie with her in mind or something so they yes they use that and that's apparently why um that song features in every fucking thing zack snyder does um okay then i touched on this but it, it suffers from an apparent lack of editing um Earlier this week, I was talking to my wife about an, an interview I had read or heard with the Russo brothers, and you're, people are rightly going to compare this to Infinity War and Endgame, and they were talking about the end of Endgame, and somebody asked, you know, who contributes the most to these films? Is it the performance? Is it the score? And they emphatically said it's the editor and they talked about how um, at one point when they were editing that final battle in Endgame, how the editor pointed out like, Hey, look, Dr. Strange is doing this magic trick and he's like holding up one finger really prominently. It's almost like that time he told Tony Stark, there's only one way you can win this thing. And he's like staring right at the camera. Like that could be cool. And they're like, yeah. And they went and looked and they didn't have any real good footage of Robert Downey Jr. Kind of doing that stare back at him. They're like, well, we can't, call him back in for that one shot so that we can tie that together. Like, but that would have been cool. And they're like, okay. So they kept on editing and towards, you know, they edited it and they edited finally, they edited that final battle sequence together. And then they broke for lunch or dinner or something. And so they went somewhere to eat and the editor was just there. Everybody else was talking. The editor was just quiet the whole time. He's just eating, kind of got his head down almost like, and then there came that, that normal, that lull that happens in conversations, you know, 
And I guess I guess Robert Downey Jr. They had a different line for him when he did the snap. It wasn't "I am Iron Man." It was something else. Anyway, that lull in the conversation happens, and the editor just kind of halfway under his breath, just like he should have fucking said "I am Iron Man." And like everything stopped. Everybody stopped eating. Like the forks hit the table. They all just stopped and looked at each other. They immediately pulled out their phones and they called the producer and like, we need to get Robert Downey Jr. here. We got two scenes we need to reshoot. <laughs> so they, so the editor, you know, like basically gave them those, those beats that tied the films together. It tied back to Infinity War. It tied back to the very first movie that kicked this shit off with I Am Iron Man. Um, this movie suffers from an editor that can make this a better film. I don't know if Zach edited this whole thing himself or if he had an editor that was kind of just yes-manning, like, hey, this is what the people bitched about. This is what they wanted to see is my vision. So don't fucking do it. Here's how it's going to go. Um, it's four hours. <laughs> I mean that the length alone should tell you that, but um, you know it, it's it's over long. You can see, especially anybody, uh, Curtis, you in particular. I would love to get your thoughts if you watch this. You can see where the cuts should have been made. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And I'm not, you know, I I, I do this, but I I'm not an editor in by nature. I've not edited a film together. But watching this, I'm like, man, you could have cut. You could have cut this. You could have cut that scene down. You know, you want a scene to start as close to the action. Whatever the action of that scene is, you want your scene to start as close to the action as possible. You do some sort of an establishing shot that that grounds the, the audience, like, here's where we are. And then you come in as close to the action as possible. If Whether the action is dialogue, whether the action is action, physical action, whatever the action is, you want to come in close. You want to you cut the fat. Um, this movie does not do that as well. Um, some scenes don't exactly make sense in this order as well. It feels like it, it feels a little bit like they just took the script and threw it up in the air and where things landed. That was the order that they, that they uh, edited this thing together. And uh, it's like the, Southland tales a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the biggest, the biggest, um, the, the, the scene that, that you notice it the most in is the scene that everybody's going to be watching for. It's that nightmare scene with Batman where it's like some dystopian future and that they went back and they brought in Jared Leto to shoot, you know, this scene, which they shot him. That's all they brought in. They didn't bring Affleck back in. They just took shit that they'd already shot for him. So they're not actually on the screen together. They're not acting with each other. It's like Affleck is acting, you know, like, Hey, we shot this and he could have been talking to any fucking person. He was talking to the Joker in this, but you could tell that that's where he wanted to go. But anyway, um, that scene just doesn't really make sense anymore. Um, it's cool, I guess, but it, the way it's edited together, it doesn't feel like it, it makes as much sense. Um, we had heard, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just wondering. So, I mean, kind of what you're, the way you're saying, does it just feel like Zack Snyder was like, I want this stuff in here. I don't care. I just, it just needs to be there. This is my without, vision. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was wondering. Cause that's how you're saying it. So now I can't wait to when I do get to see, cause I want to look for some of these things to see. Yeah, Sounds absolutely. Like they're pretty noticeable. <laughs> yeah, they are. I, I think I read somewhere that Zack Snyder actually, for this new cut of the movie, did not 
get paid for it. Like he right. did that intentionally so that he could have that more control. creative control. Yes. And so I imagine there were people telling him, was like, no, no, we need to cut this. And it's like, well, if you cut this, I'll walk away and you won't have this now. Yeah. This was a, uh, the audience is telling you they want my vision of this, what this film should be. This is what it is. <laughs> Warts yeah. and all. This is what it is. Good, bad, and ugly. This is what it is. And there is, and there's, there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. Um, we had heard when this was announced, it was going to be a big movie. Then we heard it was going to be like a mini series, like a, you know, like six, I think it was six episodes. And then they, they said, no, it's, it's just going to be one big ass movie. Um, they still have the six like chapter breaks, like chapter one, like there's like, actually there's eight of them. It's like prologue chapter one through six and then epilogue. Um, but it's weird because I think the reason they didn't do it that way, which you know, it's a choice one way or the other, but the chapter breaks don't make any sense either. <laughs> like I think I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure there's one chapter and it's chapter two or three. It's in the middle. There's like, there's a scene with two characters talking and then it goes black and it's like chapter, whatever the next chapter is and the subtitle for it. And then the next thing you see is the continuation of the scene of those two characters talking where they just slid that chapter break in for no reason. It's like you, you didn't even, it's the same fucking scene. It's you just, you just slid a chapter break in. So yeah, if that's what they were going to do, if that's how they're like, let's see if we can do this as a mini series. And they're like, no, let's do it as a movie. Um, there's a version of this somewhere that exists without those chapter breaks. that probably flows a little better as well. Um, what else? What else? Um, so again, the comparison is going to be Infinity War and Endgame. Um, that could have been one four-hour movie, but the directors and the studio chose to do two hours, give us a cliffhanger, give us a oh shit moment, and then come back with another two-hour film, two hours plus. Mm-hmm. There's a point in this movie about halfway through where they could have very well done that with this movie. They could have, if you've seen the theatrical cut, um, there's a point where you could have ended this on a cliffhanger and come back with a different two hour movie. Um, again, it's a choice. They could have done that here, but they chose not to, but it feels like maybe if you had forced that cut and forced a cliffhanger, it might've and and just had the audience for two hours at a time. It might've flowed a little bit better as well. Instead of feeling all, all like, t- go ahead. Yeah. All, all this talk just makes me want to watch infinity war and Endgame yes. again. <laughs> this, if you're going to compare it to infinity war and Endgame, this does not feel like binging infinity war and Endgame. It feels like binging the defenders. If that makes sense. Like uh, it doesn't feel that. like it, it doesn't feel like a good fucking movie for the first half and a good fucking movie for the second half. It feels like, I'm just kind of here, you know, going along for the ride one after the other. But at least the Defenders had, like, the episodes made sense where they broke. Anyway, um, it continues the biggest issue that I've had with these movies since Zack Snyder started the DC Universe, which is it doesn't really understand the characters. Um, It's doing it. And it's not trying to be the main DC characters. It's not trying to be the Superman that you know and love. It's not trying to be the Batman that you know and love from the comics and from the cartoons and from the, you know, the shows on the CW and other stuff. Those are the main DC storyline. This is, if you've ever played, there's a video game series called injustice where like 
Superman goes bad and now half the heroes are, it's kind of like civil war only not as cool. It's like, you know, that's, it's basically, he's all, all this, all this screen time, all this money, all this fucking drama has been spent to build up this injustice movie that was going to be a sequel to one of these justice league movies at some point, but is probably not going to happen now unless somebody's like, here, here's another $300,000. Go make your injustice movie. And that's fine. You can, you can do that. You can do kind of an Elseworlds DC universe with Zack Snyder's vision of the DC universe, but that's not how they rolled it out from the get go. They rolled it out as this is the DC movie universe to rival Marvel's movie universe. And if they had said all along, like this is not going to be the characters that, you know, it's going to be a different version of them. I think I personally just speaking for myself could have swallowed the changes a little better. Like, okay, well that makes sense that your Superman doesn't make any fucking sense with it. doesn't line up with any other Superman except for this one specific video game version of Superman, because that's the story you're telling. I think I could have been cool with that, but as it is, they didn't, they didn't lead with that. You just kind of, you got to sit through all this other shit and then another four hour movie to find out that that's what they were doing, but then they're not going to do because this is Zack Snyder's last DC film, um, which is kind of a weird thing. I don't know. At the end of the, the whole story, and it sounds like I'm shitting on the movie and I'm really not. I'm just saying, here's what stuck out at the end but of the what day. You're saying, I mean, yeah. everything you're saying though is it. They spent $70 million on this, so it should have fucking, at the end of it, you should have been sitting in a puddle of your own jizz. It should have been that fucking exciting. <laughs> it was more like not. a puddle of my own piss, because I had to go to the bathroom, yeah. but I didn't know where to break it. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, what you're doing, I don't, I don't hear it as you're crapping on it. It's right. like, okay, show me, I went in. Show me going, $70 million. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you're like, from what you're saying, they didn't show you five thousand dollars, much less <laughs> you know millions. At the Crazy. end of the at the end of the day, um, it's it's different from the theatrical film because it's twice as long of a movie. In some places, it's better. In some places, it's not as good. Um, it's if you liked. If if you're interested in this movie and you've got four hours to burn either all at once or spread out, and you want to watch it, watch it and see what you think. If it's not, if you if you're just not interested, that's okay. You're not gonna miss anything like earth shattering. It's not. It's not the. It, you know, you see some people online who are just blowing this movie. They they're in the cult and they were gonna suck its cock regardless of what happened. It could have shown up with nothing but those six title pages and then at the end, Zack Snyder fucking whacking off and being like, "Oh, that's where you get." And they would have been like, "It's fucking masterpiece. Oh, that's it's fantastic." But it's Joe the uh, Snyder cuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's surround. Yeah, 4D uh, theater vision. There, there were people that were that were already liking this movie before it existed. <laughs> there were people that were already shitting on this movie before it existed. Neither yeah. one of them, if you see either one of those reactions online, take it with a grain of salt. Neither one of those, n- no strong reaction to this movie should exist. It is a, it is a middle of the road, just a 
eh, kind of movie. Uh, it's different from the theatrical version. Um, and if you're interested in what those differences are, you want to see how it plays out, watch it and see what you think. If you get into it and you're like, man, this just isn't it for me, then fucking bail. You, you got nothing invested in it besides, I mean, you're already paying for HBO Max anyway at that point. So you got nothing spent. So it's just a middle of the road, just a, eh, it's not for me, but maybe it's for some body kind of film there's no there is no strong reaction there should not be from my perspective a strong reaction to this film one way or the other other than if you're excited that the movement the cult got it got what it's wanted it it put the pressure on the right people long enough with enough intensity to get what it wanted that i guess for some people could be a reason to celebrate but the movie's not necessarily a reason to celebrate. It's not, I mean, there are a few things again that are changed. I can see why there's such a hard on to resurrect Superman because, you know, in this movie, it's plays out a little differently than what it did in the last movie. But it's again, it's not, it's not something to get worked up over one way or the other. That's my opinion on the Snyder cut. Um, do with that what you will. Okay. Podcast land release uh, release the the mustache cut. Yeah, there was talk that he wanted to bring Superman back with like the mullet and beard and shit, and decided against it. Which I think that even that might have been a little bit much for some folks. I'm wondering, yeah, going back to the money because I'm I'm always thinking about money, but yeah, you know they for a movie that honestly if it never if the Snyder Cut never got made yeah it would just be something people droned on about for a while until eventually it just stopped getting anything so i don't think it would have affected one way or another if it didn't get made but i'm wondering how much like what other projects were put on the back burner to take their millions that they were going to make and put it into this that honestly i may be wrong on this but i feel like this snyder cut business will be old news within a matter of probably it'll probably last the weekend and maybe the first and next week but after everybody's reviewed it i I think it'll just go away yeah yeah i can't imagine people talking about it so much a month from now like right it's, it's gonna fall to the wayside pretty soon yeah. One month later, <laughs> Joey's like, and you know what else about the Snyder Cut? <laughs> no, no, I, I won't be talking about it then. Trust me. The thing that I was thinking about, because, you know, HBO Max, it, Warner Brothers said our theatrical films, you can't go to see a th- in a theater right now. A lot of theaters aren't even open. Those that are, it's not, you know, the small capacities doesn't make sense to. So HBO Max is going to get these theatrical releases on the days that they will be released in whatever theaters are open. And so far we've gotten uh, Wonder Woman 84, um, not a great film. Um, we've gotten Tom and Jerry, not a great film. I've not watched it. I've seen enough from the reviews of the people whose opinions I trust to be like, that sounds like it's fucking terrible. We've gotten the Snyder cut. The only movie that they've put out that has had any kind of positive word of mouth was Judas and the black Messiah, which is not a big production. It's a small Oscar caliber film and that's, and it got Oscar nominations. Um, so I'm a little bit worried going into Godzilla versus Kong. Like I didn't care for king of the monsters at all i about walked out of that one so i'm kind of concerned about what 
if this strategy was like, you know what, we're just throwing everything at HBO Max because this shit would not have survived in the theater, or if there or what, I don't know. But it, it's, I don't know. I'm a little. It's an interesting track record to start off this experiment that is putting movies in people's homes the same day they're in theaters. I don't know. Yeah. That is, that's crazy. It's like W, or I mean, Warner Brothers, like, you know, it's like they got their mojo stolen or something, you know, they, they enjoyed all those years through the 80s and kind of into the 90s, but... And then, I lost my mojo. Yeah, I was thinking of Austin. <laughs> yep. That was what was in my head too. That's like, kind of what it feels somebody. like. It feels like the Warner Brothers are walking around with limp dicks at this point. Yes, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> Walt Disney was uncryogenically frozen and went over there and stole their mojo. Uh, apparently, know, Disney has it. But like you know, if you if you look at all the Warner Brothers like animated uh, movies that they make, I, I've watched a ton of them just because Odin, my son, was into them. So so it's like, okay, I'll give him a shot, and I've I've loved just about every one of them. The stories are great. The everything about them, I'm like, I don't. It blows my mind that they can't put that kind of thought and energy into. A, a live action movie you know I, right. I, I i don't know that if it's different companies and they won't allow them to talk to each other or i don't know what the deal is but yeah it's, it's too bad it is like i said the and you know the the animated stuff the television live action stuff those things feel more like the characters from the comics. They feel like they're a little more true to the characters and and that's fine. I mean yeah. if again, we when Joker was being released, we were told right off the bat, this is not continuity. This is not canon. This is a different story. We're just making it about this character and we're using this character to tell this story. And it was well received. It broke box office records, Oscar nominations. Um if they had came out and said the Zack Snyder thing is this is a different story. It's going to be different as you know, but they didn't, they came out like, this is it. This is the DC cinematic universe. Jump on board. And people came out and watched a few and like, I, I went off. I don't want to be on board with this. So this is not what I expected. I don't know. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, and it makes that, me wonder what yeah. uh, James, James Gunn's suicide squad is going to be like. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out later this year, apparently. Hopefully, maybe. We'll see if things stick. Well, let's get into that's That's a half hour about uh, nothing that we've <laughs> scheduled to talk about, other than the fact that we knew we'd be touching on the Snyder Cut. But anyway, let's get to it. Let's take a look at the top three stories this week in entertainment and pop culture, starting at number three. Speaking of Marvel Studios, Marvel Studios congratulated Avatar for retaking the box office throne from Avengers Endgame this week. Previously, the MCU blockbuster was the highest grossing film of all time at the box office. But James Cameron's film re-entered theaters this weekend to try and grab back the crown. They got a big push from China uh, where theaters are open. And this was in theaters, so folks went out and saw it. Uh, Disney... You know, if you think that's dirty or not fair, Disney did the same fucking thing with Endgame. Endgame was out They'll of theaters, and then they put it back in theaters with some extra scenes, which was like just yeah. a teaser for Spider-Man Far From Home at the end. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. 
What's funny is that they're both owned by Disney, so it really doesn't fucking matter if you throw it. Disney owns both regardless. So Disney's literally got a toy in each hand and is fucking playing with its toys. Exactly. <laughs> and we're all just throwing money at him. Do it again. Do it again. Uh, James Cameron, uh, he had previously congratulated Marvel when they took overtook the the box office throne. He accepted their uh, their support, their congratulations on social media. So of course, why the fuck wouldn't he? Not like he's going to be like, yeah, and then you know, whatever. I'm people, James Cameron. He is kind of yeah. a dick, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, pe- <laughs> people are just gonna yeah this this is going to continue, and if another movie ever gets closed, then they'll throw these back out there. If, if a movie that Disney doesn't own gets closed, close to taking the crown you know both of these will be shown like as a double feature or some shit so they can count right. that ticket sale towards both of them but they'll uh, probably do it when jurassic world comes out yeah something like that absolutely <laughs> at number two the grammy awards were last sunday did anybody watch the grammy awards i feel like i don't i feel like i don't care or i don't know any of this shit anymore I, I know people tried to cancel bill burr but it's like you know what shut up yeah. just let him do what he wants <laughs> Not He's like fine. anybody watched it. Nominated for a Grammy or something? No, he was he no. was hosting the he was hosting the no. technical awards or some shit. Like, tropical Latina awards or something. <laughs> some kind yeah, of he, Latino tropical music award. Yeah, nobody know. watched he, it. He made Every, it. Everybody was mad because they saw somebody else was mad about it on social media. Nobody <laughs> actually watched that shit. I don't even know if that shit was televised anywhere. I don't think it was. I don't know. So yeah, but you know he's 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 a left. He, he he's he's left leaning. He makes a joke. All the left leaning people want to cancel him, and just like, come on, shut up, yeah. leave him alone. Yeah, so I'm trying to cancel it. <laughs> it it's it's watching, something else. Go ahead. Uh, for me, watching the Grammys, like I, I used to like it because I would know yeah performers and I'd know stuff, and I I looked at who was performing and stuff like that, and I was like. I literally don't know any of these people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a couple, I kind of a little bit just because of the kids, but right. I, I didn't. I was like, well, I'm not going to enjoy this if I don't know, because I've noticed that slowly over the years. And I'm like, oh my God, am I getting old? Uh, yeah, I think that's the case. This is the 20s, and it's not for me either. Yeah. <laughs> I was like watching the Super Bowl. I had no idea who the halftime person was. I'm like, who is this guy? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the last Grammy's performance that like interested me. I heard about after the fact. It's like, oh, I missed one performance. Okay, I'll watch Gary Clark Jr. and Bonnie Raitt and Chris Stapleton pay tribute to BB King. That's like the only thing in the past ten years I think the grant that's happened at the Grammys that I actually was interested in. And you can catch it on YouTube after yeah, the fact. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> at the risk of sounding like those old men who. <laughs> Want the kids to get off their fucking lawns and quit playing their music so loud. Here's what the the winners included. Uh, Taylor Swift's Folklore won Album of the Year. Billie Eilish's Everything I Wanted won Album of the Year. Don't know what the difference is. <laughs> <laughs> album of the Billy Year and Idol Album of the Year. Couple, no, not, Bill, not Billy Idol. No, <laughs> Billy Idol did not win an award at this year's ceremony. If that's, the, like, last yeah, time, yeah, if that's the last time you watched the Grammys was when Billy Idol won an award, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> Rebel Yum, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. One for song of the year. Other winners included Megan the Stallion, Harry Styles, Lady Gaga with Ariana Grande, James Taylor, uh, Dua Lipa, 
Fiona Apple won some awards. Uh, that's a name I recognized. Brittany Howard, Wait, The Strokes. Did you say James Taylor? James Taylor won some award, like <laughs> the, the Old Man Award, folk folk music or something. Doing. I don't know. Not quite the award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's still living, so I guess we got to give him an award award. Uh, <laughs> Kanye Fiona West Apple's won. Fiona Apple won some award, a couple awards. Kanye West won for uh, like uh, gospel, I think. Uh, Miranda Lambert, a few others. There were 83 awards given out in total, which is just way too fucking many. Nothing else gives out 83 awards. It's, I don't know. Beyonce went into it as the most nominated artist this year. So congratulations to all the winners. I don't know who you are, but congratulations nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, person I've never heard of. And at number one, this is a fun story that we picked up on earlier in the week. Uh, a metal-loving school teacher has reinvented the alphabet song for a new generation. You know, we were just talking about how we don't recognize any of these fucking artists. We don't recognize any of these songs. This guy took a song that he loved and turned it into a new way to teach the ABCs to a new generation who doesn't know who James Taylor is or why he won an award. Uh, Nick Harrison, who goes by the TikTok handle Mr. Professor 318. Uh, he taught a new version of the ABCs. Uh, we have the audio. Let's take a listen to the ABC song from Mr. Professor 318. A little reverb going. <laughs> People can't see us as we're all headbanging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yes, uh, so the alphabet set to Coming Undone. Uh, of course, Jonathan Davis, the lead singer, Korn, uh, he shared it. It went viral after that. The guy's all over the local news and shit, wherever he's from, like somewhere in t- Houston, maybe. I don't remember. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, but congratulations to him for uh, taking the initiative, taking something that he loves, uh, the uh, the ABCs and Corn, and doing something different with it. That should have that should have won a fucking Grammy right there. I don't oh, know what he is. Of corn. <laughs> the ABCs of Corn. Well, you know, That's thinking a- anything you could do to reach your students. I mean, yeah, and he he did it. How memorable is that? And then. Especially for his school, for his class, you know, they're going to remember that for the rest of the remember like, oh my God, remember he's on TikTok? People are like, what were TikTok? And like, then they got to explain TikTok. And like, it's, it's like Vine, but not. And then you got to explain Vine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Down the rabbit hole of old platforms we go. <laughs> but there'll be somebody who, yeah, you know, 30 years from now, there's going to be a 35 year old walking around like, hey, B, C, D, F, G. You know, people are like, what the fuck? Like, that's how I learned it. That's how I know my alphabet. Know you know, you they're going to get, they're going to get pulled over at a checkpoint. And they're like, can you sell your alphabet backwards? And they're going to be like, <laughs> singing it backwards to them. I'm like, what the That'd fuck? Be awesome. <laughs> be be like great. the difference of uh, how you uh, learned how to tie your shoe. Yeah, exactly. This is this is uh if I'd learned to tie my shoe uh with corn, that would have been pretty cool. Would have been and, amazing you know, because corn wasn't around yet, so that'd been really cool. <laughs> Go right. ahead, Kitty. Oh, you're not talking about uh dude your ABCs backwards. 
uh, I've been with several people that, you know, we were, you know, possibly intoxicated while we were out. out <laughs> no. I don't recommend, but it was a different time. But uh, they, uh, one of my favorite things that every single person did was when they're like, uh, could you do your ABCs backwards? And every single one of them said, man, I can't even do that when I'm sober. I'm like, well, there you go. I can't. <laughs> nah, it take a minute. How long you got, officer? <laughs> yeah. But it, it always cracked me up that every single one was like, I can't even do that sober, meaning I'm drunk. So go ahead and call me on. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, those are the top three stories. What other stories have you guys been watching this week? What's uh what's the news in your different necks of the world? Who's got a story to tell? I'll go first, I guess. Go ahead. Uh, what do you got, Curtis? Uh, the Oscar nominations were released recently. Yeah, on Monday. Um, the three movies that were in theaters last year. Yeah. <laughs> they were all nominated. Somehow. Somehow they got 10 movies. Somehow. So uh, Mank leads the pack with 10 nominations. Um, of course it did. Um, Best Actor category got its first ever Asian American nominee with Steve Yen, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what movie what, was that? The uh... Uh, Minari, the one with the Asian family that moved to Arkansas to become okay. American citizens. Okay, yeah. all right, I know what it is now. Yeah, um, the best picture nominations were The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, uh, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. That's really all. I've only heard of like three of these movies. I've not heard of the other ones. <laughs> I yeah. have not heard of The Father. I, I'm familiar with all the others, but The Father is new to me. The Father yeah, also, uh, I say The Father also has Anthony Hopkins nominated. And I believe I read it at 83, he is the oldest Oscar nominee uh, ever in, in history. Category, in, in any That's category, cool. I think. Yeah. Well, I'll. Yeah, I don't, I mean, Christopher Palmer was just nominated a couple years ago, and he was like ninety something. I don't think he. I don't know, but he would have been so nominated I, I in, in the same category, I think. So I, I don't think know. It's a, the difference between supporting actor and best actor, I think that's right. The, maybe so. Also, uh, uh, Riz thing, Ahmed was uh, the first Muslim best actor award nominee. Right. Yeah, oh, I, I actually meant to write that down, but I I skipped it. Um, I also wrote down that. Craig Reznor and Atticus Ross were nominated twice. <laughs> yeah, the in the same category. For, for Mank and Soul. So they have a 40% chance of winning an, award, <laughs> an Oscar. If you can just run the category and have all five choices, something you did, you have a you dramatically increase your chances of winning an Oscar that year. Absolutely. You're like, I right. <laughs> and this isn't the first time that's happened, but, you know, it's kind of cool. It is. That's fun. Cool. What about you guys? Yeah. Kenny, Brad, what do you guys got? Um, I got the uh, Disney Plus story. Uh, coming to Disney Plus, got a, some old, got some new with Star Wars stuff. We got the, um, they're doing this, uh, if you remember the holiday special, which everybody rips on constantly. <laughs> they got the story of the faithful Wookiee. And uh, that's the animated short is on there that introduced us to Boba Fett. They got that coming. They've got the uh, couple of the Ewok live action from, I uh, believe, 84 and 85. And uh, then they got the uh, some new stuff, the Ewoks animated series and uh, the uh, Clone Wars animated short. So, yeah. 
Yeah, those are. I didn't uh, realize there was a, d- a demand for an Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> no, it's not a new cartoon. It's for it's the it's the cartoon from the eighties as well, but it's oh, new to oh. Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't aware. Oh, I knew there was the TV. Yeah. I didn't realize there was yeah. a cartoon back. No, yeah. I have yeah. those movies. Yeah. Oh, the oh, those yeah. Ewoks. The those are terrible. The Wilford Brimley Ewok movies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm, I'm sure if I see them, because I'll, I'll go ahead and watch them. But yeah. I'll oh, the, go, oh, yeah. They weren't in theaters. The, these were like uh, Sunday nights. What is it, the Wonderful World of Disney or some shit? Those yeah. kind of things were like, you know, that's, that's what those TV. are. Yeah. TV movies. Don't yeah. get it too attached to the family in the first one. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, goddamn. My bad. I, 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 I think... Start off in a, a, a fun place. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that they're uh, just picking segments from the holiday special to release, as opposed to just releasing the holiday special. They're like, ah, no, we'll give you this section though. <laughs> you you can have the animated segment. To be fair, the, the that animated section is probably the most enjoyable part of the whole holiday special. Right. I never realized what the title was before. The title sounds awful. Yeah. Uh, it's like saying, picking a part of the, this is my favorite part of getting kicked in the balls. You know, <laughs> this is when it hit the shaft. Yeah. <laughs> when he I missed mean, the taint, yes. Because, you know, I, I watched it when they, you know, it came out whenever it came out again recently the the uh, holiday special and i was like well maybe i'll you know it's maybe it's not as bad as i remember and i was like oh god no it was terrible <laughs> but you know they remember, they should they should put that out right at christmas time because if nothing else yeah. people will watch it you'll get your numbers up just because people are going to be like does it hold up is it as bad as people say i've never seen it there's a whole lot of people have never seen it uh, you know yeah. well, i <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll work towards that. Who knows? I'm re- yeah. I remember trying to watch it for the first time and just could not get through it. And it wasn't until years later, when I watched the guys from uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 riff on it throughout the whole thing, that I was able to get through it. It's like, oh god, somebody's cracking jokes. I can get through. I, I, I can laugh at the jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very cool. How about you, Brad? What do you got? I know you got a story you're watching this week. Oh, uh, well, this is, I guess, a story for uh, fans of the FX show Justified and Elmore Leonard fans in general. Uh, FX is re-teaming with uh, a lot of the people who created uh, or developed the Justified TV series uh, to adapt another one of Elmore Leonard's works, uh, a book called City Primeval, uh, High Noon in Detroit, I think. Yep something like that uh it's not a book that i'm actually familiar with but the main character of the book is uh, a homicide detective ray cruz who's been in a number of elmore leonard's other books and was even in the out of sight movie as like a bit character um, played by uh, paul calderon i think in that movie um so i'm interested i'm just i saw this literally yesterday there's talks of raylan the character the lead character that timothy oliphant played from justified making an appearance right i don't know how true that is if that might be wishful thinking is what what i'm kind of it's how i'm taking it because like they don't think the character's in that book at all right so it, 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 it would probably be like be a yeah a cameo in the pilot you know or something like, something that, like to, that to to help yeah. bridge the gap for people be you know like oh it's 
yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> I saw that too, and I was like, so does this mean he's not doing a Star Wars show or or what? You know, but yeah, it's it's probably just a cameo, just like you said, to help ease that transition for folks who right. are fans of Justified. Yeah, they probably but, said that, and he's sitting at home just like, what? Nobody's what called me. Yeah. This? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did you know they've started casting for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three now? <laughs> Building on last week's story. Very good. We need a white guy. <laughs> we need we need a uh, we, we need a Til- Timothy Oliphant type to play Raylan Givens. Yeah. All right. Well, in other news, another story. This is uh, you know we had we've had a lot of scandals lately. We had a scandal with people cheating to get their kids into college, which you know I guess as a parent I maybe could drum up some sympathy for folks because you know it's important college you're setting your kid up um but this is just my kid is really (laughs) not great my kid is dumb (laughs) but they've got to get a job later yeah (laughs) i could kind of understand that maybe if i really tried hard to um but this was just fucking stupid this comes from pensacola florida 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 is not florida man this time but it is a florida a floridian (laughs) Uh, I'll just read this. Feel free to jump in with your thoughts at any point. An assistant principal at an elementary school is accused of accessing the school district's internal system to cast fraudulent votes for her daughter, who was elected homecoming queen at her high school, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement said. On Monday, agents arrested Laura Rose Carroll, 50, and her 17 and her 17-year-old daughter on multiple charges stemming from the October homecoming vote at Tate High School in Pensacola. The investigation began in November when the Escambia County School District reported unauthorized access into hundreds of student accounts, according to a news release from the agency. Investigators found that in October, hundreds of votes for the school's homecoming court were flagged as fraudulent, the news release said. There were 117 votes from the same IP address within a short period of time, the investigation found. That's when investigators found evidence of unauthorized access to the school system linked to Carol's cell phone and computer at her home. There there were 246 votes cast for homecoming court from those devices. Uh, Carol, again, is an assistant principal at Bellevue Elementary School in Pensacola. Uh, Multiple Tate students told investigators that the daughter described using her mother's system uh, to access the system, excuse me, uh, or of watching her mother accessing records for years, the report says. Investigators learned that since August of 2019, Carol's account accessed 372 high school records, and 339 of those were Tate students. Investigators said that Carol had district-level access of the school board's program. System users are required to change their password every 45 days, and Carol's annual training for the staff responsible use of gui- uh, staff responsible use of guidelines for technology. That's fucking weird. It was up to date, the agency said. Carol was booked into the Escambia County Jail and bond was set at $8,500. So they're serious about keeping her. The agency said it was not immediately known whether Carol and her daughter are represented by a lawyer. Her daughter was taken into custody and transferred to the Escambia Regional Juvenile Detention Center. Fuck. 
The case has been turned over to the state's attorney's office in Escambia County. Escambia County School District Superintendent Tim Smith told the News Journal that Carol has been suspended from her job. He declined further comment. Her daughter has been expelled from Tate High School, agents said. Each, each are charged with offenses against users of computers, computer systems, computer networks, and electronic devices, unlawful use of two-way communications device, criminal use of personally identifiable information, and conspiracy to commit those offenses. When winning the Homecoming Queen award uh, gets you fucking thrown in the pokey, uh, <laughs> separated from your child, um, just a bad fucking idea all what around. It's like the whitest of white collar. <laughs> and, she, and that girl's going to like a juvenile detention center full of other girls that have like killed people. <laughs> Not homecoming queens, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, what she did was bad, but shit, put her somewhere else. That's. They're going to get that girl killed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, I didn't know where this story was going, but yes. <laughs> College tuition scandal, that makes a little bit more sense. Right. Homecoming queen is something that is so fucking trivial in the real world. Like, <laughs> you get out of high school, no one's going to give a shit yeah. at all, anywhere, ever in life. Yeah. You, you know what they will care wow. about, though, is your That's criminal fucking record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I mean, especially in this day and age of, you know, everything's computers. Like, shit, we can't trust you with anything. You're you're shown that you'll do whatever you have to do. Yeah, fuck it. That's brutal. It is modern day version of that Matthew Broderick movie, Election. Just a lot dumber, <laughs> a lot worse. Yes. Well, it's Florida. <laughs> well, every week we ask you to tell us what you think are the top stories in entertainment and pop culture. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. We are going to be taking a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go through the results of our March Madness tournament. We're going to set the final four round. We're going to be uh, having a little bit of a discussion, the movies that we think could and should be their own television series. Take a look at what's coming up in the next week or so in entertainment pop culture. We're going to do all of that right after this. Hello friends, my name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know and for sure several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. All right, here are the results from this previous week's pop quiz this was the elite eight round of our favorite 90s movies march madness tournament we had two fairly close matchups and two complete fucking blowouts here we go first up in our first poll 
the number 24 pick, Army of Darkness, defeated the number 16 pick, The Silence of the Lambs, 52, 52% to 48%. At four, Last time I checked, Army of Darkness was trailing a bit. Yeah, it changed. At 4% difference between the two, that is our closest matchup of the week. Yeah, I told you I was going to win it. Everybody I know. You, you, you figured out the, the, the trick. I know. I'm okay with that. Yeah. In our second poll, just the opposite. This was the biggest blowout of the week. Uh, the number 29 pick. We only had 32 picks. This one was down there a ways. But the number 29 pick, Point Break, defeated the number five pick, the Shawshank Redemption, 67% to 33%. A two-to-one vote. I told you it would win. I wasn't surprised to see Point Break win. I was surprised when most of the week it was up 70% to 30%. I did. I did not see that margin happening. I didn't think that was. That was going to happen. Blowout surprises me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah very I, told, much so. I told my wife about that. She's like, "Point break." I'm like, "Yeah, crazy, right?" Yeah. Gross point blank. No, no, I've not, not gross point blank. Because it's never appealed to me, so I'm a little surprised. To be well, honest. now you're gonna have to go back and watch it. Yeah. In our number three poll, <laughs> the number three seed, Pulp Fiction, defeated the number eleven pick, Jurassic Park, fifty-five to forty-five percent. So that's a pretty close one, ten percent swing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and it gone either way and made me happy. Yeah. I think when I like last looked, also I think Jurassic Park was ahead. It was really close I'm all week as well. I'm yeah. surprised by that one, but I'm still upset by it. <laughs> right. Because I've always loved Jurassic Park a little bit more than Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And then in our fourth and final poll, the number two overall pick, the highest seed remaining, uh, number two pick, The Matrix, defeated the number 23 pick, The Big Lebowski, another big blowout, 63% to 37%. I thought that would be a little closer, to be honest. I didn't lose by more. I'm I thought it'd be a little closer to be honest because you're talking about the big film and then you're talking about like the cult classic. I thought if Army of Darkness can get fifty something more than fifty percent of the vote, I thought maybe the Big Lebowski would get a little closer. Yeah. So, but you should have you should have did what Kenny does and just post it to like tag people that like the movie. (laughs) That works. You said that, and I have a Twitter. I could do that, but like I've said, I've only tweeted once, and I forgot to tag anybody when I tweeted, so no one saw it. I'm not the person to promote. I have spent this three stuff. years sweet talking our Potter family <laughs> over on Twitter, so I've got a nice rapport with several of them. So they, right they even even the one that I beat last time yep. still voted for me, so. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks to everybody who voted, everybody who's participated in this. Uh, we are going to give you the final four matchups just a little bit later on in the show. But before we do, this is our discussion topic for the week. The question is, you know, like I said, we're coming out of um, a few movies and movie franchises that have had television series directly spun out of them. Um, I thought we could take a minute and discuss what t- what movies that we think could have or should have a television series, an ongoing television series spun out of that movie or out of that movie universe. Maybe um, we'll just open it up for discussion. It's like we do round table discussion. Anybody can jump in at any point, but what movie do you feel like could or should have a television series that would, that would work well, <laughs> that would last, that would, you know, be worthwhile. Oh. Not, not just some random shit. <laughs> 
Right. Who's got you a movie? At, who, well, I don't who, know if I even want to say mine now. I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go, but go ahead. Surprise me. Go somewhere else. What do you got, Curtis? What do you, what are we, the 13th Warrior. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Did I really? It'd be an expensive TV show. And I, I actually thought about this one, too, all week. So. All right, you two. Go well, ahead. Tell, tell us why. I'll let, we'll let Curtis go and make his case, and then Kenny can add to it. Well, they could always do it as sort of a remake or show the longer version of what there might exist of the movie and then do the continuing adventures of Ahmed Ibn Fadlan's journey. Even though it's been lost to the ages, we can certainly it's left open to interpretation. What else can he find himself in that is sort of based on a medieval text that we can do a realistic take on? So that's my thoughts on it. Very good. Kenny, what do you think? I'm pretty much like that because, like, I just watched the movie again this week, and uh, (laughs) it did make me think that I was like, well, it could work because you could do – if you were confident enough in it, you could do a season at a time of him, like start him out with some uh, more of running into Viking people and stuff like that. Then the next season is him traveling to a uh, different warrior nations and stuff. But if you didn't, you could do like half a season of one and then, then he travels to another, but he could learn, uh, you could show the cultures and the different, you know, things like that that would interest people. Um, you could do like uh, him learning the styles of how they battle and stuff, and then him using what he has learned, you know, and work that into the storyline and stuff like that. So it would be kind of like what they did with, you know, the Viking show on history and what they did with Barbarians on. Uh, believe Netflix and stuff like that, but just kind of have it where it teaches people the culture and it, you know, have him, you know, doing the other stuff. I, I thought that'd make an interesting show. It was yes. when I saw it the first time. It was called Samurai Jack. And they would do it was animated. Uh, but yeah, they did a lot of episodes. It was like Samurai Jack goes to Egypt and learns, you know, from the Egyptians. Then he goes over here and learns this. He goes and yeah, it, it's funny. It's well, funny you mentioned that because, our, because it worked. Yeah, it, worked on, it worked on Samurai Jack. So yeah, there you go. You can do that live action and it's a proven formula that would work. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. I, I would want to have it like the same cast of characters throughout the whole show and just you know, the, the story, it takes a long time, like from the point where they recruit, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the main character's name, the 13th warrior. Um, cause, Say Banderas. Yes, we'll just call him Antonio Banderas. It takes a long time between the time when they recruit him before they reached their ultimate destination. So long so that he was able to learn their language without anyone teaching him. And I just feel like you, there's a lot of time there that you can have them encountering other obstacles along the way to their ultimate destination then you could probably make a series out of that and then like the last season or two is like the uh, uh, getting caught up with uh, is it the grindles that they call them in that adaptation wendell wendell with a w and then you could also have like you know (laughs) 
like he he goes to different ones but then those clans or those people will end up warring but he's now he's conflicted because he's got you know friends with both of them and it could be a whole story like there's there's stuff there man i'm telling you i can see then, joey's eyes then, over. then i think what you do is you take it a completely different route as the seasons progress and you're running out of ideas you start doing like like your army of darkness shit you start going into this weird supernatural territory where he's well, like everything has to go to the supernatural so yeah exactly so yeah now imagine go i couldn't imagine a series based on this lasting eight seasons or something like that it would be like a four or five season series i'm thinking hey and that's good enough yeah stuff out there yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so the 13th Warrior is a, is a good one. That's a good pick. Uh, what else you guys got? Brad, do you have one? I have one, but I'm not solid. I'm not sold on it 100% yet. We can, we can help you flesh it out. Don't you worry about that. We can help you with this. <laughs> See what just happened with Kenny the has one, I think he sawed it through more than I have. Kenny and uh, Curtis, you guys have any others besides the 13th Warrior? I, I that, you blow your one there. <laughs> Go well, ahead. I was debating on a few, but then I was like, this makes so much sense. Probably because I would be one of the few viewers that would watch <laughs> it. But, and they would probably put it on the CW. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it would star a, yeah, it would star a, a, a 23 year old shirtless, shirtless, hairless boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. All right, Brad, we got to come back to you then. They blew their load okay. on the 13th Warrior. Okay. Um, I, I was I, I was really racking my brain because I kept coming across movies like, oh, that'd be great. It's like, oh, wait, there already kind of is a TV show of that. Um, so, like, the one I've landed on, and it's it's basically works because it's a formula that's already been used in a million fucking TV shows. Right. It's nice guys. And I think it, what makes it makes me not sold on it was because I don't know if the show would work without that casting. Right. And I can't see I, Russell Crowe in a few years might be in a place where it's like, all right, I guess I'll do a TV show. I can't see Ryan Gosling <laughs> at that point yet. Right. <laughs> but well, this yeah. is from like Netflix. But just like a, a buddy cop, you know. Uh, they're not really cops, but like private detectives taken on various cases in 1970s California. That would absolutely work as a TV series, and it's got a great sense of humor. So I think it would be popular and enjoyable. Yeah, like yeah, to, to your version. I was say to your point. Device. I think it, I think it has been done in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's one of those things. It's like, well, it's kind of already been done a million times <laughs> in the 70s in particular. So yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a uh, a new version of uh, an old formula. But I had yeah. another one. Yeah, go ahead. It's an old one. Like right. old as shit. Uh, right. The Guns of Navarone. All right. The Guns of Navarone. That movie yeah, is a two and a half hours long, and it's a. This, they have to get from point A to point B to point C to all the way to point Z in order to blow up these fucking guns. Yep. There's a lot of room to flesh that out into like a mini series or a season arc or something. And then, you know, they have the continuing adventures with the Force 10, and there's other novels out there, too. Right. Like yep. Alistair McLean, you know, a lot of those characters in Guns of Navarone popped up in a lot of his other novels. And so you yep. could do an ongoing series there. Yeah. You could do it fucking, uh, yeah, Elmore Leonard style like they're doing with Justified, where you have these characters coming in and out of each other's stories. Swapping and, in and out. Yeah. yeah. That's another good pick. Cool. All right. Well, I've got a few here as well. Um, yeah, that's a good one. 
So the low hanging fruit, because we're talking, you know, the idea of, of this came kind of from, you know, Star Wars, The Mandalorian. How about a Spaceballs TV series? <laughs> you, could, you could you could explore sort of but not really you could explore you could go yeah you could go all in live action explore the various corners of the space balls universe i think that could be a fun a fun show um the another sure, the another, origin of the schwartz or the various schwartz wielders right yeah, however you want to do it yeah there's a million different ways to to do that thing uh, you could you could even make it like a a spoof on the Mandalorian if you really wanted to in some way. I mean, <laughs> just just go just sell out to the idea that this is a goofy ass version of this. Um, I think one that might be fun and I mean we could debate whether it's been done or not, but a spinoff out of uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse where you could explore the various Spider peoples across different you know the Spider Verse. Yeah. I think that that could be fun. But the one that I like. You know, it's it's my favorite film, and I think there's still meat on the bone. Would be a series based on the film. What takes place after Casablanca? You could have Rick and Louie. They you know, they're getting back into the gun running trade. They're taking on the Nazis. You could have a little bit of Indiana Jones yeah. going on. Yeah, you could have all kinds of fun stuff with that. You Basically, know, th- yeah, a series in fucking Morocco during World War II. That would or, be or yeah, anywhere. Yeah, all the way across northern Africa. So you're spanning yeah. all of northern Africa with these two characters. Um, I think that would be fun, you know. Just be, if if you cast it well, and you've got some charismatic motherfuckers like that movie had, you know, you where they're they're using their charisma and you know just to and their connections and you know getting back into the you know running the guns underneath the Nazis' noses. I th- and like I said, you could do a little throw a little Indiana Jones fisticuffs in there as well. I think that could be a fun one. Just do you know with CGI these days, you can just CGI Bogart in there and get an impersonator. <laughs> no, no, I th- get that. No, no. In Canny Valley, dead eyes. I don't think you want to go that way. Right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I'm literally, I've got like a, an on, a running list of movies I've seen. Like, I use the watch list feature on IMDb to right. mark movies because I often forget. Have I seen that movie? And I go to IMDb. It's like, oh, yes, IMDb says I've seen this. I don't remember a thing about it, but it says I've seen it. Right. So I'm just rolling through the movies I've seen, and on a similar note, also takes place in World War II, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, just Inglorious Bastards, the series. Yeah. Enemy lines in Germany, just fucking killing Nazis. We barely saw any of them doing anything. Right. Like there was a lot of that that was filmed that didn't quite make it into the movie, and that would be interesting to watch. Just that group of people behind enemy lines and again that's the type of thing that they used to have tv shows that were like that they were much right. more uh audience friendly back in the day <laughs> but uh you could totally make that work on a tv show and they can cross over with the guns and everyone <laughs> yeah, i mean if they're on the same network sure why not casablanca yeah. Well, yeah. and that's like kind of thinking like i was thinking the expendables would make a good TV series too because you could um, they obviously go on several minutes that's how they make their living so they're always doing that stuff but you could bring in various you know of course you got your big action figures that all came through there like Chuck Norris and all sorts of stuff but in this series you could bring in the more 
like some modern ones, you know, and some I was very... Thinking, I was uh, thinking like the old like TV stars from back in the day. So you'd have like Tom <laughs> Selleck and the guy who played MacGyver. And uh, Kevin Sorbo and is the leader of the Expendables, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, you could if you, you know, if you got it running, of course, do your first season having some of those people like that, like the MacGyver that helps them out in this situation and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like a... Christopher like a, Lambert shows up for no reason. Yeah, well, just because. Be, but, <laughs> but, you know, they each one one of them has their own special thing. So this mission requires someone like a MacGyver. This one requires like Kevin Sorbo, who's this, you know, you know, whatever you want to put him in. But I, and then from there, slide in some of your other action stars of today, you know, like a, a Hemsworth and you know stuff like that. So I, I think that'd be pretty. I think a lot of people would want to probably get Luke and not Chris or Lee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did, they did, did get Luke and they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> that that show. I like the idea. That show feels like it would have been set really well. Like with like if if you do that show today, it has to feel like the '90s syndicated version of that show, like a Baywatch Nights version of that show kind of thing. Like with that that cheesy ass kind of. Feel to barbed it. wire kind of yeah that kind of that whole yeah that whole yeah that whole aesthetic to it the way you shoot it and stuff that could be fun though I had I had one more yeah just because I said Christopher Lambert um, <laughs> do the Highlander Ford, oh wait <laughs> we, already yeah, we already did Highland oh Fortress I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Fortress <laughs> yeah <laughs> Brad knows what I'm yeah. talking about <laughs> do like a, this. Every time I talk, Kenny goes up and leaves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know Fortress too. I'm out. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Fortress. Uh, it's just do a TV show where it's this, this guy or maybe a group of people who are wrongfully sent to this prison, this uh, like crazy prison, and they have to try to plan their escape. It's kind of like Prison Escape or whatever that show was called back in the Pri- day. Was prison it called break. Prison Escape? Prison Prison Break. break. It's kind of like Prison Break, but in the future. And fuck it, we'll bring Kurtwood Smith back, and he can be weird and robotic and shit. So, yeah, Fortress. Awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna go one more now. Now that you said Christopher Lambert, I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's get a live action again. Feels like you got to do this '90s syndicated style. <laughs> we are we are we are getting him. His agents listening to this right now. Like fuck it, yeah, guys, yeah, develop that shit. Or just keep talking. <laughs> let's go with a Mortal Kombat series again with a '90s syndicated that level of CGI <laughs> cheese ball effects going on. I think if. Uh, you know, we're going to get another movie or we're going to get another Mortal Kombat movie this summer. Let's get an HBO Max uh, Mortal Kombat live action, as live action as that shit is. Uh, starring Christopher version. Lambert. Starring yeah, as Raiden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. Any other ones before we, uh, before we wrap that up? I'm still scrolling through the movie yeah. I've seen and just a half hour sitcom version of. <laughs> Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu, which is <laughs> helping the IT possibly get in misadventures. Right. I can see uh, that. Yeah, that'd be fun. You got to have Bill Murray, though. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It all falls apart. And, and he's and done some Defoe. TV work and as a Blade. Not really a full and, series, but... Yeah, that'd be fun. I wonder yeah. if we are going to start seeing, like... 
in the future they just take old movies you know like that and just because they've ran out of ideas and they're just gonna go with what we're talking about now you know <laughs> in the year 2000 oh, never mind. <laughs> we're past that oh fun stuff all right that's good i like that we got a lot of good ideas so uh hollywood <laughs> Give us a call. Reach us out to us on social media. Uh, let us know. We'll develop any one of those into a pitch for you. You set up the pitch meeting. We'll, be, we'll be there. Joey loves it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bet I do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move into this week's pop quiz. It's the final four round of our favorite '90s movies March Madness tournament. It's funny the way this shakes out because we have a battle uh, between two underdogs, two late picks, and a battle between two of the top picks, uh, the two top picks remaining in this thing. Uh, here's how the matchups shake out this week. First up in our first poll this week, we have the number twenty-four pick, Army of Darkness. Taken by Kenny, the last of our co-hosts left alive in this tournament. So we should all vote for him no matter what we think. We're uh, all counting on you, Kenny. The 24 <laughs> pick, yes. We need the representation in the finals. If none of – because we – seriously, we, we broke down like each one of us had a pick. So like half the draft was us. And, and we're down to the final four, and there's only one left, and it was the 24th one taken. Um, so, yeah, so we're all pulling for Kenny, who is pulling for the team here. Uh, the number 24 pick, Army of Darkness, versus the number 29 pick, Point Break, selected by Heather Wixon at Daily Dead News. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, not surprised Point Ouch. Break's made it. I'm surprised at how well it's done in some of these some of the rounds yeah. it's won in um any thoughts any any prognostication on how this one goes army of darkness versus point break yeah i'm, I'm biased put it over my knee and spank it <laughs> there you Let's go I, i'm biased I'm gonna, for army of darkness i'm gonna be rooting for army of darkness just because i've never seen point break but hell point break can win based on how it's performed in other rounds. i can't believe wow. people like that john cusack movie God damn it. That was wrong. <laughs> I have a feeling that this will have a shitload of votes. That's why that's my guess. I don't know what the, the numbers are gonna break out like, but I'll bet it's got a lot of votes this time around, if nothing else. Um, and our, I have to get this off my chest. Curtis keep going to that John Cusack gross point blank. When there's a Lee Marvin movie called Point Blank, you could be making jokes about instead. I don't want to. <laughs> it's got the same title. It's too close. Uh, let's see. Or the remake, the fucking remake of Point Break they did a couple years ago. Anyway, yeah, the yeah. second right. match, yeah, which was terrible. The second matchup uh, is the 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 high seeds that are left. The number three pick, Pulp Fiction, selected by our buddy Gerald over with two peas on a podcast, up against the number two pick, The Matrix, selected by our buddies Drew and Daniel over at Quality Check Podcast. So a couple friends of the show going head to head. Yeah, this uh, Pulp Fiction and The Matrix. What are you guys' thoughts on this one? How do you see this breaking out? I just listened to a podcast, or at least part of a podcast, where Tarantino was talking about how he wanted Lawrence Fishburne in Pulp Fiction as the Jules character, and like Lawrence Fishburne was just trans transitioning from Larry to Lawrence, right. and his representation was like, no, he's not the main star of this movie. We, you don't want to do this. And it's just crazy long story about how Lawrence Fishburne missed out on that movie. And then he missed out on another movie after that because of something else and blah, blah, blah. So I'm kind of wondering if Lawrence Fishburne's going to get the last laugh 
even though no one <laughs> in our cares. poll, yeah, he's gonna he's in gonna be polls. calling up he's gonna be calling up Quinn like, like look here, because he's never gonna see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's getting tagged in this one, baby. Yeah, he's gonna know all yeah. about it. Oh, oh, I, I know what it was. Nah, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kenny. I'm just gonna say that you know if if I pull out a victory here with this one. I'm kind of glad that either the Matrix or the Pulp Fiction will be off the thing because those are two, you know, big powerhouse. movies. Yeah. Those yeah. are powerhouse movies that, I mean, I, I don't know if I could, if I pull out a win here, I don't know if I could win against either one of those. But if I had to pick, I would, I would kind of want Pulp Fiction just to have cult classic against cult classic. I mean, not that, not taking away from anything from, the matrix but when you think of cult classics like pulp fiction's just is right up there at the top so it's got that in, indie movie cred going yeah yeah right now i remember what it I'm is gonna, now i'm going to upset oh, somebody by saying that i've never been like like i've never understood the appeal of keanu reeves and so i've never <laughs> seen matrix either and yet we have two yeah, keanu but, reeves films in our top right? four <laughs> <laughs> Right? I'm aware of that. But the Matrix just beat me in the last round, which I knew it was going to, but I'm just going to root against the Matrix because of that. I yeah. think the the Matrix has blown out. You know, The first round, it was up against three other films. It had like 70% of the vote. It, it had, again, another like 70% of the vote last time. I, it's... I don't know. The Matrix is kind of on a roll. I, I, it's, it's surprising. It's yeah. surprising. We'll see. Did you have something to add, Curtis? No, like I remember what it is. Um, because he didn't do Pulp Fiction, he lost the part in Die Hard 3 because he was in oh, negotiations oh, I'm with sure Die he's Hard heartbroken 3. about that. <laughs> and uh, they were like, well, let's see what let's see what Sam Jackson did in Pulp Fiction. He's got all the rave and whatever. Yeah. Just to cap that story off. There you and go. Just to rub more salt in that wound, uh, at one point, instead of doing Jackie Brown, Tarantino almost did a Luke Cage adaptation, and he was wanting Lawrence Fishburne to do it, and instead he did Jackie Brown, which featured Samuel Jackson <laughs> instead of Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> so we're putting them both head-to-head -head here in the poll in the final four. We'll find out who moves on uh, to the finals next week. That's this week's pop quiz. You can vote on Twitter by searching for and following us at PGTC podcast. The pop quiz matchups are pinned right to the top of the page. So you cannot miss them. We'll bring you the results of the pop quiz and let you know which two movies are going head to head in the finals. Will it be Keanu versus Keanu? We'll find out on next week's brand new episode of the pop goes to the culture podcast coming up this week in entertainment and pop culture this Sunday. We are going to do a watch party, but we'll talk about that in a second. Let's do this. Let's do this chronologically. Let's do. Let's make it make sense. Uh, first of all, we've got the NCAA March Madness tournament kicks off for really real this Friday. I know they do some like playing games and some other kind of bullshit, but the real stuff hits this Friday. That runs through Monday. They're doing uh, the first round on Friday, Saturday. The next round on Sunday, Monday. You know what else kicks off on Friday this week? Tomorrow, as we're recording this. It's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier over on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Be sure to stay off social media until you've had a chance to watch it because there are some people out there that like to post spoilers the minute they are finished watching the show. Maybe as they're even oh, watching it. So don't be one of those assholes. Uh, 
Watch it and then don't post spoilers. Hold on to those. Are you referencing anybody in particular? Not on not on the podcast tonight. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> they there are people out there and they know who they are. So Sunday night, 6 p.m., we are hosting the watch party for WWE Fastlane on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel. Uh, this is free. It's I mean, well. It's weird anyway. This will be the first. It's the last pay-per-view going into WrestleMania. It's the first pay-per-view that's going to be over on the Peacock streaming service that uh, is owned by NBC Universal. Um, but if you want to watch it and you don't want to pay for it, you like and you want to just chit chat with some other folks who are watching it as well, you can create a free cast account. Doesn't cost you a fucking thing. Click on the link on our website at popgoestheculture.com or we'll be posting it on social media on Sunday as well and request access to the channel. You got to do that first. We'll go in, start approving requests, uh, you know, around five o'clock, about an hour before the show starts all the way up through, you know, at least through the start of the show. And then some, a lot of times, you know, as we're watching it, if we see new things pop up, uh, we'll, we'll approve those as well, but it's kind of hit or miss once it starts. So get in there between now and Sunday at 6 PM central, seven Eastern, uh, four Pacific, go in there, make a free account, request access, and we will let you in. So you can join us on Sunday night on the cast channel. So we can watch that. Next Tuesday, some uh, home videos. Castlevania Season 3 from Netflix hits DVD and Blu-ray, as does News of the World, the Tom Hanks film. I know uh, Caleb watched and wrote up a piece about it for the website, Um, so be sure to check those out. Also, new comics from DC on Tuesday. Everybody else's comics drop on Wednesday. Next Thursday, we'll be recording next week's brand new episode of the Pop Goes Culture Podcast. You can find that next Friday in the podcast player of your choice. If you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast, please take a moment and leave a review in your preferred podcast player. It doesn't cost a thing, and it really is one of the best ways that you can show your support for the show. And hey, you know what? If you're feeling like showing your support, you know, our website, we don't make any money off of it. Um, where we, a lot of people throw like ads for like, hey, buy this shit and we get a percentage of it. We have a little bit of that, but what we've done for the most part is we put up, uh, the partners, the friends that we've made along the way, the cool shit that they're doing, um, over in the right hand sidebar on our website. So, uh, there's a link to, uh, the happy motherfucker store, uh, which is fun. <laughs> a lot of your, get your happy motherfucker apparel, uh, retrofied <laughs> magazine. You can check out their, uh, their everything nostalgic about entertainment, pop culture, uh, that they have with their Patreon page and their print magazine. So be sure to check those out. Um, come over to pop goes to Check out all the cool shit that's up there. Other podcasts. Uh, articles again cool shit that you can check out um, be sure to check that out uh, frequently at least once a week I would say to find out what's new what you've missed um, it takes about that long for stuff to kind of roll off the front page so be sure to check that out uh, anything else before we get out of here anything else uh, that you guys want to hit on before we before we wrap it up for the week yeah um, people really should download cast and create a free account because if you like watch parties uh, Facebook is getting rid of uh, watch parties. So go to cast. Go to cast. And it doesn't cost Pop a thing. Goes to culture. Yeah, doesn't cost you a thing. We can we have links to it directly from our website. Um, if it's something, if if it's if it's something that people like and enjoy, we can throw up a watch party as frequently as we have somebody wanting to watch something. So, um, yeah, we we can give permissions where other people can host watch parties in our room as well. So, I mean, 
it's 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 all it's all out there on the table. It's all available. So yeah, whatever. And it's not specific like like hey i can go and create a netflix watch party on netflix and everybody who's watching has to have netflix or i can create a whatever all these different platforms have their own systems but with cast it's anything you can throw up on your computer or your mobile device you can you can throw a watch party together so um if you've got physical dvds we've done that we've done streaming stuff We've had uh, we've had li- hosted live watch parties where we, we had a, a friend of the show in costume uh, doing a, uh, a an old horror flick, uh, doing it as kind of like an old an old school like horror host, like you might have found like on late Saturday nights on over the air television back in the olden days. Uh, it, it's it's a versatile platform. We can do a lot of fun stuff with it, and we may be doing some more watch parties in the near future as well over there. And it's one thing I like about it is like when we first started doing them, like there wouldn't be, we were talking over some of them, but when we decided to kind of just leave it more for the chat, like there'd be a couple people chatting, but nothing big. But like lately there's (laughs) several people chatting and there's no like negativity or, you know, there's, you know, they're rooting for somebody or they're not rooting for somebody, but that's, that's different, you know? And yeah, um, funny comments and just off the wall comments and just all kinds of stuff. It, it's entertaining to read it so much that I've caught myself paying watching more attention that. Yeah. <laughs> so have I. I've been busy watching the chat and missed the show. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. if you're watching, you're watching a movie and you want to do kind of like a mystery science theater type commentary along as you go through it, whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. We've had some good times in there. And like you said, yeah, it's not only has the size of the group kind of grown, um, but the chattiness, everybody feels like I, I can chat here and I'm not going to get yelled at. I'm not going to get in trouble for chatting during the movie by chatting. We mean like text typing in there. People, if you want to see it, you can, if you don't want to see it, you, you can get rid of it. But, um, yeah, it, people are feeling more comfortable, I think in their chatting along because they know it's a safe place. They can say whatever they want and, and uh, yeah. it's usually pretty funny shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I really like that about that. I like where it's how it's progressing and what it's becoming. It's just it's it's fun in two different levels. So yeah, you start recognizing names. <laughs> you pop it up a show, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, it's it's that guy again, or it's that gal again, and it's pretty fun. Yeah. And people are the thing I've been surprised about because especially like nowadays, when people are you know everybody's stuck at home anyway, but people what little social graces they have have kind of. Maybe maybe they haven't practiced them much lately, but everybody's always real fucking polite too, man. You host a watch party yeah. at the end, you have like ten or twelve people sticking around, like, "Hey, man, thanks a lot. I appreciated this." It's like, uh, you know, you don't do it for that, but it's kind of nice to have that kind of comments and feedback too. So, and you know what? That's what I I was going to mention too. And you brought that up with the bankies and that, like, especially when we were doing it during the times of. You know, there was heavy political stuff and, you know, a lot of negativity and stuff, but we didn't see it on there. And there was like five, six people or sometimes more. Thank you so much. Not just a thank you, but thank you so much for doing this. And we appreciate it. And just comments like that. I'm like, oh, right on. You know, they, they found a place that they could leave all the world bullshit behind and just enjoy something and that I, I, that's if nothing else do it for that <laughs> yeah it's, it's been fun yeah very good thanks for bringing that up curtis uh anything else anybody have yep. any other thoughts yeah 
No, All right. Well, do. I think that's that's going to wrap us up. Then uh, I do want to thank again uh, my co-host Beardy McBeard Face. Apparently, is how he's listed on Zoom. Thanks to Brad, to Curtis. I don't know why Kenny's not Beardy McBeard Face, but all right, whatever. We should have right. we should have I, red I, beard I and gray beard at the start of the show, and then Kenny joined us. He's like, I don't feel like it's des- I'm deserving of that. You're thing. like you're like Junior Beardy McBeard Face Junior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks thanks to my co-host for being on the show thanks to everybody listening to this thing we love it we appreciate it thanks to everybody who comments on social media um, who votes in these polls that we do it's a lot of fun um, that's why we do this we hope you guys had a good time listening to us tonight and every week um, again leave us some feedback let us know what you enjoy about the show we we take all those seriously uh, but again my name's been yep. Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network have a great weekend we will catch you right back here next week for another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast be safe be healthy be happy we will see you next time this show has been brought to you by the pop goes the culture podcast network find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com